Welcome to Anecdotes for Success with Matt and Paul. Storytelling is an art form, emphasizing the value and learning that is created through personal experience. Our purpose is to share these stories and experiences with the listener. Everyone has a powerful testimony. Let's use them to level up to our best life with truth, meaning, trade-offs, and perspective. Big shout out to Isaac Mather for the new podcast intro. You can check Isaac's music out on all socials or directly at IsaacMatherMusic.com. All right, here we are, episode 100. Uh, 50 episodes ago, we promised we're going to do a live episode and more on where the episode's at and who our guest is in a little bit. But it's been a fun ride. Uh, Over 50 guests, uh, anywhere from pro college athletes, CEOs, community leaders, coaches, I had to write them down, there's so many, young adult entrepreneurs, military personnel, and we've had a half dozen repeat guests as well. Uh, We even implemented educational episodes midweek, we call them .5 episodes. This is our first live studio, makeshift studio episode today. Uh, Compliments of of owner and entrepreneur Seth only, more on Seth in a minute. And what I'm proud about Matt is it all started from ground zero, like it was nothing except a phone call. And in my opinion, it's only the beginning. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? It's kind of become what we, we envisioned in a lot of ways, and in some other ways, it's, it's, it's been much more so. And the, the, the interesting guests we've had on, and, and the, the laughs, and the, the education we're getting, and the perspective, and, and all those kinds of things has been, it's exceeded my expectations, and it's, it's enjoyable. It's just something I look forward to every week or a couple times a week or whatever we end up doing but i'd say it's been a success but um not nearly where we kind of continue to go with it right yeah and and i people ask me all the time why we do it and it Mm -hmm. it sounds weird but it's really for the guests and the relationships and the conversations because we used to do this on the phone all the time right right and that's how it started we should record it yeah well and then we've been doing it on our computers for you know the 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 rest of the time now here we are. It's 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 weird having the conversation it's, it's just really weird. us in person, right? We've talked about a studio sometime and doing that, and then having having it. But this is what it ideally would be anyway, yeah. right? So yeah, and I actually had to have clothes on instead of just a top today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I checked. <laughs> so, but as we'll get started, today, we have Seth only on today. Only, I I, I feel like I trip on that name all the time. I would always have said all me. Tell people like all me. Okay. Uh, if you've listened to like ESPN, Buster All Me, they usually say all me as well. Um, when you special and double entendres like I do, you actually right. use the play on words like the only place because we're the only place for 20 miles. People inherently end up calling it only or whatever okay. because that, that was kind of the suggestion or, or what was being gestured in naming it this. Um, sure. But. You know, it is O-L-N-E-Y, so how people come up with only, you know, I guess it's a consonant reading thing, I don't know, it's uh... I trip on it. Yeah, I was practicing. It's happened my whole life. I was practicing it on the way up, too. Uh, (laughs) But I've known Seth for quite a while. You and Seth go way back. We do now. I mean, it's got, I was, I was thinking the other day in anticipation, what's about a 12 years? Yeah, Something like that. Of knowing each other. Of knowing each other, because I met my wife up here, although I've been here and we're in Cuca Lake my whole life, as have you, um, to some degree or another. I met my wife up here 
and then that's when I started spending more time socially up here as opposed to just our cottage, our, our family place after meeting her. And then that's when I met you and, sure. and your brother and all the other other friends we, we have around here. There's a, there's a special group of people around here. There truly is. And um, then that's how I met Seth. And, and um, I, I, I got to admit, I thought by now that you would be either a congressman or a senator <laughs> or a governor by now. Um, we'll get into that, I'm sure. But um, anyway, you know, that's how, that's how I met Seth, and, and we've had a, a, a great friendship, in my opinion. And um, we get into good conversations as well, which sure. is why Absolutely. one of the reasons why it made sense for, for our 100th, 100th guest and because um, you're you're an interesting person and i, and I mean that with all the respect in the world so and, and what we'll real quick we're, we're at Seth's place it's it's in the finger lakes cuco lake it's one of the best places around for a lot of reasons and, and instead of me talking why don't you tell us about your place and we'll start asking questions and go from there for me it um going on spring break Going to Florida it was the first time that I ever realized that the idea of being a snowbird was a thing that people yeah. do. Now, most people don't do that during their career. They either do it after. But I thought, wow, wouldn't it be great to be a snowbird like for a living? And uh, when I got out of college, I, I promised myself that I would try to be a snowbird by the time I was 30. Mm. And I ended up mostly doing it by the time I was 27. So I, I did meet that one benchmark I gave myself when I left school. But I grew up with a family of entrepreneurs, uh, our family business. My brother is now a partner, third generation of Nap and Schlappy, a very well-known building materials store in town. And, um, you know, I, I love the freedom that my parents had. My mom growing up when she was running the business and, you know, never missed a, a track meet or a soccer game for any one of myself, my brothers. And so owning your own business, I felt like was another goal of mine. So to be able to own my own business that allows me to have a, a seasonal style of living here in the Finger Lakes is, is really a dream come true at many, many levels. Yeah, you mentioned the word freedom, right? That's a, that's a, that's a word I use all the time when we're talking about business and why I'm in it. You know, it was always freedom. It was, it was not money, it was freedom. So it's, it's funny to hear you say that. <clears throat> One of the things I think I, I want you to I want to ask you about is you're you're one of the most well traveled people I know. I mean, when it comes to within the comedy, within the <laughs> with a, merely within the comedy, <clears throat> fair enough. So, but you 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 run a seasonal business. Is mm -hmm. that a fair way to put it? It is. And then the rest of uh, the rest of the year, you whether you choose to or not, you can go wherever you decide to go. And most much of that is done in the continent. Um, and you've seen places, and I'm looking at your screen right now, which has a beautiful, you know, you've got photos of Sedona. Is that where that is? Okay, thank you, Sedona. And you've been, you've been more places that are, I don't want to say off the beaten path by any means, because the, those aren't, but it's not just like, yeah, I've been to Dallas and to Miami and to LA, and, and you know, you've been, and you've driven much of this. Has that always been something you wanted to do? Did you fall into that? Was this at 27 part of the, or actually in college part of the dream? Like, how did that happen? Because I'm fascinated by it. We didn't travel a lot as, as kids. Okay. We, did we not? Did not. Okay, okay. Um, my parents working, having their own businesses, we just didn't get to. So it was often in our early ages, it was a staycation. They would rent a, a cottage on the lake, maybe Florida. 
And by the time I got to college, you know, I had a lot of friends that had done a lot of traveling internationally, done cross-country trips, and I was always really envious and almost insecure how few places I feel like I had been. I yeah. think at that point, the furthest west I'd been was Indianapolis for a, a nap and slappy do a bus train <laughs> show. Like, who wouldn't want that? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so I, I embarked on my first cross-country adventure when I was 30, and it was over after that. Yeah. Then, then it was just crossing states off my list. And I'm still, I don't want to say insecure, but I haven't been as many places internationally. Part of it was trying to, and being a, a good American traveler, having seen as much of my own country as sure. possible. Um, I had big plans to go to Alaska, my 50th state on my 40th birthday. And, and of course the pandemic kind of threw a monkey wrench into that. So I, I need to just get on a plane and go to Alaska and get it off my list so I can start with Colombia and Switzerland and all the places that I really do want to see and have friends and family and other extended members that I could reach out to a resource. And I, I love to travel where I know people. And I also love going as a complete stranger on my own and, and forcing myself out into the world to meet people. And I think it's a great way to educate yourself. And with this business in particular, um, you know, we're, we're really big into craft beer. Yeah. So before New York's boom really took place, which I would say wasn't until maybe 14, 15, 16, and you have some of the really great brews that we have now. There was a time between 10, 11, 12, 13 where I was selling a lot of West Coast beers, uh, uh, North Coast in Fort Bragg and Lost Coast out of Eureka and Rogue out of, out of Oregon. And it just gave me a reason to go see these places, par partially to use it as a write-off. Uh, yeah. <laughs> right, right. um, but to just go and make relationships and try to get in with brewers and get in with brewery owners and find ways to get specific allocations on beers that nobody else was, was getting. And so my specialty kind of became U.S. geography and, and beer towns. So whether it was Three Floyds in Munster, Indiana, or uh, the, the Sante Darius outside of Santa Cruz, you know, just forcing yourself in these little nooks and crannies of the country where, where good beer was being made and finding enjoyment in that. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and that's unique to you and your personality and what you've done it for me. But do you remember when Cassie and I went to Napa, I don't know how many years ago, it was 2018 maybe or something like that. And we were out in Napa Valley and you're like, you gotta stop at, it was a, it was like a, a, a deli, yes. it's kind of similar to your place, you know, and, and you're like, it's not, it'll be on your right and you're gonna, in the and it, it was just, I mean, the, the, you knew so much of what that was like. There was a really great town, a store outside of Healdsburg called the Jimtown Store, which is now closed, but the real benchmark of kind of wine trail grocery stores is this place called Oakville Grocery. Now there's multiple locations. And that always, oh, really? to me, was like a place to go, like a Mecca trip. Mm. You know, this is going back 10, 15 years ago. And now I've been referred to so many other places. You know, people come in and they say, oh, your place reminds me of, right. and they tell me their random yeah. place back home. The most recent one, a shout out to one of my favorite stores in the country is this place called the Saxapaha General Store. And it's a gas station with prepared food, great beer. The owner there, Jeff, and his staff, he, he really puts a lot of energy. He's, he's a present owner. And mm. a, you know, it's a cultural hub. And I was honored to go there. But I understood why somebody would say, my store feels like that. And it gave me a reason to go to someplace that's totally off the beaten path. Where and is that? It's, um, you're, you're west of, of Raleigh, probably maybe, okay. maybe 45 minutes, you know, going toward Chapel Hill. Saxapaha General Store and to go out there our, our store here is on Route 54 
you take a Route 54 the majority of the way to get there okay. from Raleigh. So all of these things, I'm like, this is meant to be. And the owner and I, you know, hugged, changed, exchanged shirts, and it just gave me that much more reason to keep doing what I'm doing. Now there's another one that I was just referred to uh, north of Daytona, the Tomoka, I think it's called. There's a, there's a state park that's there, and there's a little general store where the guy has beer and kayak rentals, and I'm looking at pictures, and I'm like, wow, the shelving almost looked like what we have. So. Um, I'm, I'm constantly growing that list while still trying to check off places that I, I, I have not yet. So uh, I'm getting ready to go to California here for a couple of weeks and uh, to a place that I'm pretty familiar with, but I'll, I'll find ways to get into some new spots as well, which I'm really looking forward to. So question, we all love to travel. I can tell how excited you get talking about travel. Yeah. My family traveled a ton when the kids were little with sports. My wife and I took a cross-country trip. So some of the places you're talking about, I, I can visualize because mm -hmm. I've been there. Mm -hmm. But the question I want to ask is how inspiring, how much perspective and how inspiring is it for your own business when you see other ideas and things? Does that help or, oh, or don't you I think mean, of it that way? I, there's very little here that I've invented. Most of this is <laughs> knocking off things that I've seen. <laughs> You know how beer is dispensed the type of glasses that we use uh, you know i have a 50 foot mural here behind the store which is kind of an anthropomorphic story of a lot of what i've seen and done um so whether it's you know i've got a dozen examples out there from the redwoods and everywhere else and, and i don't know I, I always find something to bring back with me all the time and even just displaying my photography you're in a community that's a pretty well traveled community you have a lot of second home owners that are here yeah so when you can i think in sales i was in, i was in a marriott timeshare okay. group my first job out of college right and down in florida right? down in florida yeah. and i would look at the notes of who was coming in and where they're from and even though i wasn't that well traveled i would try to try, try to spark up a conversation when you get somebody to talk about where they're from, they immediately lower their shoulders a little bit. Huh. So now that I've been where I've been, and, and as many places that I've been, we'll have guests that come in, whether they're from Northern Virginia or maybe California. If you can name one random town or something that they're familiar with, it's an immediate connection, connection with them right? in a different way, yeah. um, I think, than, than most. Yeah, and it's relationship building, right? I mean, you, yeah. you, you kind of nailed, you talked about it a minute ago, you're like, you're talking about the other gentleman you just met. You said he was a, um, what was the word? You, present owner, maybe, I think you said. or, or He was present. He was present in his business, oh, right? Oh, absolutely. And, yeah, yeah. and that certainly defines... Jeff, Jeff Barney. Yes, Great yes. Guy. That certainly defines you, is it, is it, whether you realize it or not. Yeah. That's who you are, too, right? And you know that, of course. But that is, in, in, a, in a, I think, in a small business at some level, that's what you have to be. And I mean, if you get to franchising like I am and all, it's a different model, it's a different, it's a different kind of thing, but you have to be to succeed, certainly in, in this type of business, and succeed at your level, I would say, which, which I admire greatly. You can't, I don't think you can do it any other way um, with a competitive environment you're in, but it sounds like you've been pretty deliberate about much of this. None of this is much of an accident. No, from from the wood that's used on yeah. this table to that couch uh, behind you to name it. There, everything in here has a story because yeah. I have curated and pieced together uh, this platform, this space to operate in that I'm super comfortable in because I do spend so much time here. You know, if you go to my house, of course I don't have a microwave here either, but at my home I don't I don't have a television. You know, I don't have 
a lot of things that a normal house would. Of course, I'm a, I'm a single guy that's spouseless and childless and petless and plantless. And, you know, I, 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 but, but again, that's all, a lot of that is by design sure. to, to remain as untethered as possible because, as you were saying, you know, to me, extended free time to yourself is, is your greatest currency for me personally. Yes. You know, I, I drive a 13 year old, 11 year old vehicle. Right. right? You know, there's right. things that I don't have a lot of, you know, I don't even own a credit card right. you know, at this point. Oh, I just really? debit cards. You know? yeah. Wow. Yeah. So to be as debt free as I can yeah. be and to be as untethered as I can be and then to give yourself, you know, through your, if I'm taking half a year off, I can look back and like, what'd you do in your 30s? Right. Well, collectively, I took five years off. Yeah. And mostly yeah. was, and it was on the road for much of it. Right. And I'll look back at that as something I'm really proud of because I think when I was early in my days of meeting people and people that had traveled, a lot of them were really young and they didn't have a lot of resources, but they had all that piss and vinegar to climb the mountain and go on a crazy hike or do whatever. Or on the back end, they're 65 and they're retired and they have all the resources in the world. They can get, a, get great RVs and they, yeah. can, they can stay in hotels or do whatever they want to do they don't necessarily have that piss and vinegar to, to, to go and to, you know, let's, let's be at the Badlands at sunrise in this location to get this shot because this is what I've read is what you want to do kind of a mix of both and to have the network that I do now places to stay, whether it's rapid city, South Dakota, or pick your beach in, in Florida to go and to, to stay with, with people that you've met through the store that are genuine, that want you to come and visit them. Yeah. It's just, it's the greatest gift that I think, I think I could have given myself without intent. Mm. And I did not see this becoming the reality that it is. Mm. And it's really just the most rewarding part of what I do. There is a price for that. And that is, you know, 15, 90 hour weeks through the peak of the summer. And even in the downtime, you're here, you know, 50, 60 hours a week. That's my downtime, you know, right. early as the season's going. And, and as it shoulders up in the end toward, toward Columbus Day, when we just closed last Sunday, um, so I probably collectively put in as much time as the average person does working. I just find a way to concentrate it into the to, right. the, to the whitest, hottest part of the summer. And I give that up knowing that there is this great reward at the end. Well, you answered the question I was going to ask you <laughs> <laughs> about trade-offs. And that's okay because the part that hits home to me is, is my wife and I being educators, we would never trade that for the world with all the freedom we have. The trade-off is potentially the limits on income and other things you do, but we spent our 20s, 30s, and 40s traveling a ton. But the cost was, well, you, there's only so many ways you can transform yourself and, and rise up in the system and make more income. And I was gonna ask you about the trade-off of being able to, what you do half the year, and you answered it, of course. That you put in like every hour of the summer. You're working. Yeah, I'm here. <clears throat> I, I think other than one day I went to a wedding maybe that the staff closed and it's not that I don't trust them it's that I, being here is part of what has become the experience and I unfortunately have, you know I've made myself the master of ceremonies here yeah. and people expect to see you you know I, I if I leave for an hour in the middle of a July Thursday it's to get change and tomatoes and to just <laughs> do something that's not in the store, right. but still on behalf of the store. Yeah. And God forbid, somebody's coming to see you that hasn't seen you and they come and check in. Oh, I see old man only isn't around. Must be nice. To, like, right. Yeah. Yeah. No, 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 no. That is not it at all. Oh, uh, wait, I, it's, it's so funny you say that because 
you have you that's who you are and that's what my political comment at the beginning was like you because that's you're you're very you connect with people and 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 that has become this place would not be the same without you it just it just wouldn't and you've got great people here too but great, great. i have a great staff you, you do but, you, know, you truly you know do. Gonna when, do, do when i come morning. here on a saturday morning at 9 a.m closer to 10 if it's saturday and pick up eight breakfast sandwiches, you know, for the family. And and I head back and I walk in the door. You know what the first question I get every single time is? Every single time. How's that? How's that? What's that? And you know my family a little sure. bit. Not as close as we are, of course, but you know my family. Sure. And, and and it is part of the experience to come here. And I, 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 I've thought of this before. Even if you guys delivered, you know, you're... Your, your sandwiches, anything, whatever. It would be, I don't know what that would look like because coming here is an experience. It is not, I, I, in the, I've had conversations with other people. I don't, I couldn't name a price here. I couldn't name necessarily even the inventory. You know, these things change and, and you come here for the, for an experience that is unique to any other, any other experience certainly in the Finger Lakes that mm-hmm. I'm aware of. Thank you. And that is that is something that is so unique and so special and it's been built over, well, how long have you been open now? This is the end of our 16th summer. And, and so. six, 16 years. And it didn't take long from my perspective for you to, to, to become that. I mean, it's evolved. Yeah. But as far as it to be your place and your identity, and the place has evolved. I mean, just the room we're in right now, sure. talking about... I mean, we talked about that for probably two hours. Yeah, we'll right? get there. That's, we'll get there. <laughs> that's all right. That's a whole different. We might need attorneys sitting with us for that one. But the, you know, what is what it, you have created is is not hey, open the door and let's sell some good products and we'll run some commercials and 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 you know and, and make make some money. It is a whole different thing here. And 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 I would if anyone travels to this area and. The beautiful Finger Lakes, and gosh, we have a lot to offer, right? You're in love with the area. I'm in love with the area. I'm sure you're in love with the area. But this place right here is one of the most unique places I've ever been in my life. And to say that I have a, a good friend of mine owns it is really special. But what you and, and your team, but certainly led by you, have done is it's 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 incredible. And 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 I just I. I the success you've created, how you've created your life around it, right? Somewhat unintentionally, it sounds like is i think it should be inspiring to people because we always talk trade-offs right yeah constantly it never ends because you can because you can't make everything's a trade-off in life but the story you can tell about yeah i give all this to get all this and the, the way you use the word concentrate it and all it, it's it's not like most people live right it's it is it totally is different totally different but it's there it's possible you don't have to go be part of the a cog in the wheel of the machine that I call it. You can create your own life. You can do your own things. It's out there. And having someone tell a story like you are and, and be able to, to, to say it, not from, hey, this is what you could do, but this is what I do, invaluable. Invaluable. You found a way to take an old rundown grocery store, basically, <laughs> right? We get on that in a minute. And make it your brand and you for the experience. You, you find a way to make hard work, work look easy. I come here in the summer, and you can barely look up to say hi, but you're just chill, doing 100. It's like you have octopus arms back there. You got your staff working, and you're right, you're always here. 
it's it's an important facet like I said if I were to do this over again I don't know if that's what I would choose to do to to be as present as I am and maybe I don't even know but it, it is become what it's become and thank yeah. you for your for your compliments it it was it was always a location where there was a gas station and kind of a general store it evolved from uh, Kenyans in the 40s and 50s through the 70s it was Ch- Charlie's was what it was called when I was a young person coming here and getting ice cream and then most recently was, was Froggy's uh, right around 1990 and it stayed Froggy's until 06. The building that I bought had been built in 1961 and through the various owners and layouts and things you know the floor looked like Swiss cheese because you know condensers are going here and refrigeration's going here and people kind of so I was like just start I, I thought about trying to rehab it a little bit and then part of me is just like you know every dollar that I put into this is going to be a dollar wasted yeah. let's just start over so we I didn't even know I was going to do it at the time we're like screw it we're going to take the year off and we're just going to build new so I just essentially created that box out there with fluorescent lights at the time and all white walls and I got a hold of the distributor and said I want to have a convenience store and they essentially let you pick the planogram out of a box, you know, so I'm selling, you know, four different skews of Pop-Tarts and Pringles three different ways and 85 different packs of cigarettes out there. It worked, you know, but it was like, it didn't really feel like, it certainly didn't feel like it does now, but I was always there yeah. and Paris was, you know, my, yeah. my, my, my best friend who's been with me, helped me build this place, uh, was always here and people appreciated that. So when you, you were trying to build up the inventory, you know, people come, when are you gonna get more stuff? It's like, well, when you buy more stuff, <laughs> I have more money to, to buy more stuff with. So I wanna, get in, I wanna get into some of the adversity about your adventure, because it's not just hard work, it's, it's the ups and downs of what you went through. But before, can we talk, when you come in and talk to my students, just like what Matt does, I find it fascinating all the different income streams you have to make this work and that I don't want to say it keeps you bulletproof, but it makes you less vulnerable. Vulnerable, right? Well, <clears throat> this this room in particular, we added this on. So the store opens in two thousand eight. We're doing kind of our thing, um, and I've I feel like I've told the story before on other formats and other platforms. So I don't want to sound too scared. Yeah, yeah, not. Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> but it, it was right around 2010, 11, 12, and and people looking for gluten free options and vegan options and things. So. We expanded what was our, you know, penny candies and Pop-Tarts and Pringles turned into fancy granola bars or gluten-free breads and four feet of shelving turned into 12 feet of shelving. And now the overwhelming majority of what we have here are really artisan goods, I think, that have been curated, you know, through my travels and seeing stuff and and reading a lot of trade magazines and and doing a lot of online research about you know, what's selling and trying to find different avenues and outlets and, and, and distributors to get different products in here. Um, it's not, I don't have a great inventory practice because I'm constantly changing what I'm bringing in. So that's something that I, I'm always trying to work on myself because it does change. You come in here, you said you don't know what's on the shelf. Right. Yeah. Year to year, I don't even know right. what's on the shelf right. sometimes. Right. Like, oh yeah, we do sell goju jang and we do sell some sort of, you know, crazy pasta or we use some sort of soup dish maybe. I'll wander around just to see what's on the shelves, the, the funny names. And yeah, and that's, fancy that, that, that's part of the experience. Yeah. That, you know, yeah. I don't want to have ragu and <laughs> right. chips ahoy. You know, you want to have name the sauce. I mean, there's thousands of sauces, hot sauces. Yeah. So to put different products where people come in like, oh my God, I can't believe you have, because they saw it somewhere else or they have this really bougie store they go to and they come in here like, oh my God, you have this? 
I'm like, yeah, of course we do. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Where else would you go? But it, you, you, you would be hard pressed to find a lot of what we have here within a 30 or 40 mile radius for sure. Without, without that. So, and, and as you were saying before, you know, to come to the Finger Lakes, making it a point to come here, that was one of, that was one of my goals, was within five years to feel like I was a landmark on Cuca Lake, you know, yeah. then 10 to 15, feel like I was a landmark in the region. So that if you came to the Finger Lakes or God forbid Cuca, and you came here for five days and went back home and told your friends, and one of them happened to know this place. Yeah. And, Did you go to the only place? You know, right. they were, I would want them to feel like they missed out if they yeah. didn't come here. Yeah. Right. I want this to That's be true. an integral part of your visit because there's lots of wineries, lots of breweries, lots of great stuff, but everyone needs in their stay here, ice, sure. sunscreen, whatever it might be. So there's no reason not to come here. Plus, uh, plus the so socialization here. Yeah. It's a, this well, is a this is a place I will drive by. Sorry, Paul. No, that, no, that's okay. This is a place. Oh, I didn't I, answer the first question. I will, no, I, I'm just trying to get back. I've been paying attention to his question. <laughs> I, I drive. You know, I'm driving up north, or you know, from our place. Or this is a place. It's one of two, I would say, that I will just stop because I know when I stop here, there will be people here I know. Not even you. I mean, mm -hmm. uh, certainly you, but. There will be likely people I know here that I can just have a drink with or, or a, a sandwich with or whatever. It is it is beyond just what's on the shelves, you know. And, and the fact that that was part of your vision is 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 so interesting. And, and, and you know, but that took work and, and, and a lot to it. But um, just to, you know, go ahead, Paul. But it is a, it is a place to socialize, not just a place to pick up pasta. One of the things I knew I was absolutely going to do here was have a breakfast sandwich, mm. you know, and to try to develop a breakfast group kind of culture. And we've done a great job of it. You know, you come in here in the mornings and there's all day long, it's like somebody's holding court constantly and the various people, you know, you've got landscapers sitting next to CEOs, sitting next to yes. captains of industry yeah. from all over and nobody feels out of place, yes. no matter how they're dressed, no matter how they're, because even the, the upper echelon of, of my clientele they're on vacation too. Yeah. And in the end, they just want to go have really organic experiences. So to have created what I consider almost a cultural hub of our area really feels special. Breakfast sandwiches were it though, because I would, you know, living in, uh, in, in Albany, going to school in Albany, yeah. a lot of New York inspired delis, a lot of friends from New York City, Long Island, go back to their place and like, you know, bacon, egg and cheese, salt, pepper, ketchup was like the thing. And I was like, God, they don't have a great breakfast sandwich around here. So when I opened the store, it started from there and sandwiches are just everyone loves sandwiches right yeah, you know, some, yeah. Some, some some version of it multiple so, sometimes so <laughs> and i you know i never had done prepared food as a living and but that's what we started with from there once you have kind of that build you add in other products you right. know now people want to have your shirts they want to have your coffee mugs they want to have so to get to your diversification yeah. Of, of my really just different streams of revenue. I have real five distinct streams of revenue here, which would be prepared food, grocery, meaning toenail clippers and cat food and charcoal and, and all and Pepsi and ice and worms and bread. Um, all beer, meaning both in package and, and here in, in draft, um, merchandise, gear, swag and then by, by the dock, mm. you know, boat gas. And each one of those represents around 18 to 22% okay. of, my, of, my, of, my, of my revenue mix, yeah. Yeah, my product mix. 
So I, I am diversified now more than ever. Um, we didn't add this room on until 2014. We got our license to sell and consume beer on premise in 2013. And I was originally thinking of, of putting a deck on the back. This was just a wall with no windows or anything. And once we put this on, everything kind of changed because now on the rainy days when people weren't coming by boat, they still had a reason to come here, have a beer, have a sandwich, and, and still continue to do the thing that you talk about yeah. and like and, and what we were doing at the breakfast table. Now they do it all day long. Right, right. Did you see that diversity when you, you know, <clears throat> built, built the place or, or got involved where you were like, all right, we've got grocery and we've got prepared food, but the future is this, or it, that just evolve over time based on travel, based on talking the, to customers. The very first year when I was building the store, we still ran the gas stock. So all I had was gas. Mm. And then we added in the prepared food and, and then the beer thing kind of took over. Craft beer really around eight, nine, 10. So we always had a great selection of beer in here. Yep. Once now we're consuming on, consuming on premise. There were, there were rainy days like today, this was the middle of July. We'd be dead on arrival for yeah. the most part. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, people want to have yeah. Yeah. A, a beer and a sandwich. Um, I didn't know it was going to become this. I did not. Couldn't have. Couldn't have. No I, way. Know, I, if you gave me all the money when I'm 27 building this place, I would not have seen this. Yeah. I didn't have the capability because of my lack of travels and lack, lack of perspective, of, right? Lack of perspective, lack of reference to other places that I really enjoyed. Um, so, no, I. And I think you, if you have all the resources, maybe you reach and you buy something that you kind of find out you don't really need. Yeah. So to build up year after year after year, you buy what you need. Yeah. And you add what you, what you, the market is telling you to do. Right. And to have it turned into this, I, I, I could not have seen this place 15 years ago. Sure. I didn't have the ability. Yeah. Um, so to have, to have been a part of those everyday operations and to implement new things, new artwork, new, new decor. Um, it, 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 it makes it feel like what you're talking about, I think, when you come in here. I used to ask, well, we used to ask people the question all the time, if you could go back, what would you do different? And I'm starting to rethink that. Like, I know your story, you're telling us your story, I know my, I don't think the right answer is you should ever go back because you never could have built the place like you did. Right. Like you just said, with all the money, you wouldn't have designed it this way. No, no, I, absolutely not. Um, how, like again, how I found this lumber in an old wagon ship that, that you know I had planed down and turned into this table. You know, I didn't know that wood was there until years later. So, and it's a it's a kind of a poor example, but um, I, again, everything here is with intent and with, with, with thought going into it. it. Which I think is, it's you know, dear. When we do these episodes, I try, I try to be cognizant of like where are the lessons here, right? Because we're having a conversation, and that's the fun part. But people are hopefully listening because there's something in it for that, right? To learn from, from you, from us, from whoever, right? And I think the lesson, one of the lessons here is this idea that I talk to people all the time, like like younger people, uh, people who want to be entrepreneurial, but they they're, they're they, they can't for some some reason or another. And I put that in quote intentionally because I, I don't generally believe that um, one of the things that I hear more the, the thing I hear more than anything else is well I don't have the money and I don't have you know the money having all the money all the capital accessible to you 
isn't always, to your point, is not always the best solution, the best thing for you. Because to your point, now I build something that in five years antiquated, right? Because I can. Not because the market told me to, because I thought it. And you talk about when you came in here and the building, it was Swiss cheese floors and, 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 and this and that, and you're 27. I presume you didn't have millions of dollars in capital in your pocket and, and you didn't have you didn't have the advantages that most people think business owners who they see 16 years later doing very well and having built this this wonderful product go oh well yeah well yeah he did it but I could never do that because I'm 27 and I don't have any money and that's your story so I don't want to use the word excuse but people mostly make excuses on these kinds of things. You didn't come from, you weren't given any, at least a whole lot, I don't know the story, but but how did you go from that to this if, if you weren't given everything? I, I, I was fortunate when I was young, and by young I mean 22, 23, my, my job with Marriott was a timeshare resort. I got my real estate license in Florida thinking I was going to sell timeshare, and I met this group of guys, people, um, and they actually hired me knowing that I didn't have a lot of experience and they could kind of train me, you know, you talk about it in bartending and things, you know, if you don't come in with any bad habits, right. so to have a fresh <laughs> face, yeah. Yeah. they were happy to mold me and I became essentially a relocation agent for them, um, for a nursing home company, and I got into real estate, and with my first commission check, my, my boss said to me, he says, you have to invest this. You cannot go waste this. Mm. He said, the real estate market is so hot. You have to buy a place now. And thank God I listened to him because when I was 23, January of 04, I, I bought a condo right in the peak. peak, white hot part of the real estate market. And I came home in 2006 that summer on a vacation was up in the hills having a family we call them picking parties these little bluegrass parties we'd hold i came down to froggies to truly just buy a bag of ice and saw the the for sale sign out front and uh the rest is history i i, I looked at it and i thought maybe this is the opportunity and i can remember my grandfather telling me you know for as, as much success as he had selling lumber and hardware it was the few real estate deals he did mm -hmm. that really changed his life and so cashing chips while you had chips to cash, um, I didn't have a real emotional attachment down there. I saw myself being in my 20s and staying in South Florida and being, you know, having a lot of fun. I'm living on an island, you know, making great money um, that I had earned myself, but sure. was able to sell the, the condo and use that as my seed money to come and buy froggies. So it's not that I had, I had to finance it a, a normal way um, and, and apply I, I don't know if that story would go the same if I was just 27 and trying to start off on my own. Because I had, a, I had just enough cash in the bank where the, the, the bank didn't actually do a whole lot of due diligence. <laughs> that, that day. I, so I built, I built the store and had some adversities with you know, a water system. And I had to have a, a lawsuit that I, thank gosh, won before the place even opened up. Mm. I was part of a lawsuit based on... But it, well, that forced me then, now, now it's September, the store is complete. Thank God I didn't open at that time. I looked at what little money I had left for carrying costs and said, if I bring all this inventory and I sit here all winter on Pringles and Pop-Tarts, 
I'm not going to make it. And so I just grinned and bared it, got through that next winter and that April, opened the doors in April of, of 08. I'm still 27 at that time. And thank God I didn't open because now I know how really slow. I mean, even this past week, Thursday when I was open last week, I mean, it's it's still slow here. We're a very right. lake-driven business. And no when the lake isn't happening, there's just not enough going on to make it worth my time. Um, struggled through that first year. Had to take out a line of credit to pay the mortgage to get through that first winter. Didn't travel at all. Uh, you know, what was me, right? But right. I, I was fortunate <laughs> enough to be in the position to, to have enough equity at that point already having been built up um where i could ask for a loan and get it kind of without a whole lot of trouble thank gosh um but it, it didn't start out with all the traveling and stuff like i've sure. got to now there there was a struggle but it was a little different struggle um you were talking about not having been given all that no nobody wrote me a check or was an investor being my own boss was the most important thing to me i could have bought into the family business like my brothers yeah. are now, make a lot more money, but have partners and have have to work year round. Two things that I were way more important to me <laughs> right. than the right. dollar was. Yeah, well, you said something. I'll just disagree with it <clears throat> in a minute. You'll see where I'm headed here. But you said you were lucky, and nothing you just said there makes me seem like you were lucky. You worked. You got your commission check. You invested it. You you use that equity to invest in this business. That is. That is the opposite of luck, yeah. in my opinion. That is, the, and that, and the, re, the only reason I pointed out is because constantly preaching to people, take control of your life. Don't take your, don't take your commission check and buy a boat or go on a vacation or buy, buy a, a liability, right? Yeah. That we always talk about. Invest it in an income-producing asset of some sort, a condo, and then uh, maybe you got a little lucky. Sold it in two thousand six and two thousand seven. The housing market. I mean, those are life, life luck. And lucky things, you but. listen to your boss or mentor, or whoever it was. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's yeah. the only luck. Yeah, he's, right. He's the he's the pig back there on the on, on the. Um, <laughs> he would he would always say that pigs get fat and hogs get slaughtered, mm. you know, mm-hmm. which is one of my core mm-hmm. values. You know, yeah. to to get greedy. Mm-hmm. Is, is not a good thing. Yeah. So um, that was. But anyway, that was my pushback. I just want to. I just want to mention that because, you know, a lot of things I've done look like luck in hindsight. But if I hadn't had the discipline like you have, you've had, and, and the the outlook of hey, this is what my future. I this is what I want my future to look like. Not just I'm on a wave and life is a wave and. It is what it is, and life happens, and you can't take it with you, and all these cliches that I find um, are misleading and, and damaging to young people. I'm much more like, you're gonna get opportunities. Not a lot, especially when you're young. Look ahead, be disciplined, take advantage of them. And you're gonna fall flat sometimes, right? We all do, but if you're leading a life like that, you'll be shocked at what happens in your future. If you go with the old, I can't take it with me, so I'm going to spend every dollar I have today, and some of these other things, uh, I think you're doing people a disservice. So that part of your story, I think, mm-hmm. is very valuable to people. Is, like, I don't, that's not luck. That is, that is I, have a, I, I, have a, I want freedom, essentially. I don't, want my, I don't want partners. I don't want bosses. I want to do things my way cut from the same cloth that is why you're where you are today sure. and 
you know, I think it's important to point out. So. Yeah, well, I think that's what we liked when we started this podcast, and you fit right in that we like surrounding ourselves and talking to people when they don't like what's happening to them, they work their best to fix it or change directions, Yeah. right? Uh, I, I have a lot of educational friends that feel stuck. You have friends that feel stuck. Plenty. You have friends that... And that's when the word you're lucky comes in. And there's no luck. There might be two, three years of heartache because you're changing directions. But on the other end, it's not luck. So you start the business in 2006 and you just live happily ever after, right? <laughs> I'm setting you up for this one. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. And, and that's another thing that I kind of, if I want to use the term insecurity, you know, I, I, I don't have a lot of great investments that I have made outside of this place, but I have always considered myself to be my own best investment. Great. Um, the problem with a seasonal business is right now, I have as much money as you're going to see me with it, and it's only going to get lower, lower and lower. So I haven't found ways passively to kind of replenish what I've got, and that is something that I, I have to go to work next year. I know that that's a fact. And, mm. and that's something I think about when it comes to retirement. When, when do I retire? How do I retire? Sure. Um, I'll pay off this mortgage in six years and, and use those resources, uh, savings there, to probably switch into a, a manager, a more serious management role where I can create other people to kind of replace me in my own absence, which is always the goal. Thankfully enough, I, this place is worth more than what I paid for it originally. Um, the real estate market nationwide has done well. Cuba continues to, to shine, even when other places seem to be slowing down a little bit. So I know that in six years, I'll have something that's worth a lot more than I paid for it. So I remind myself of that when I get a little insecure about yeah. my lack of other investments because I don't have a, you know, a lot of stocks or even a God forbid a 401k or even a Roth IRA, which my bookkeeper would continuously yell at me about, you know. And so I need to step out and agree and, and, Go ahead. and part <laughs> and part with um, some of that money that I that I do have saved up. But at the same time, it's like I'm just doing it. I, I am. Part of me does just go year after year, and and um, you know I'm not buying boats. Right. Right. But I but I'm spending this on experiences for myself, which I Love will it. continue to do. Not because there's, there's there's no reason to sit home and, and have a pile of money and not do anything with it. I mean, you know so, me. The more the more the more opportunities I have, my goal is always experience, experience, experience. I mean, I have a boat. It's a complete waste of money. You know, I would give that up in a heartbeat before I ever gave up one of my trips or something like that. <clears throat> that experience, that that philosophy, I guess, of experience over everything else. Yeah. You know, in, in many ways is. Is, and I know I interrupted you here, but it, but but it's near and dear to my heart. Um, I rarely interrupt. He but, interrupts everybody. Go, <laughs> go ahead. But uh, yeah, I, I think it's I think it if you're going to have a goal, I don't think it should be money. I think it should be freedom and experience. You have a system. I mean, that's what's important. Yeah, a routine. You also Seth have a income producing asset. You have the golden goose, right? I mean. There's bigger golden gooses. I mean, there's always bigger golden gooses, right? Or is it golden geese? Would that be a gaggle? <laughs> right, right. But, uh, but anyway. But, yeah. but you have an income-producing asset that I'm just getting to your, like, you know, the retirement, the future, what's that look like? And, and that's personal for you, of course, but just from an outsider, you know, do you have a, as you said, you have a timeline of six years, a mortgage paid off, now an extra 
income or, or, or fewer expenses that I now can redistribute that revenue elsewhere to buy some more of my time back or keep your time into it but use that money to invest sure. in other income producing, no boats, but other income producing assets. And then the day comes, whether it's six years from now or 26 from years from now, you've got something you can sell and then mm -hmm. leverage that into I think it's retirement. a that particular time that I'm at right now too because you know I get this lump of money every year that I then have to figure out, A, here's what I need. I've got a $3,000 mortgage payment. I've got to set out six of those, put that money away. Mm -hmm. Take your taxes, insurance, all that. Put that away. Okay, here's what I have left. Yeah. Over the last few years, I've taken that and, and have invested in myself. We, we have a brand new dock down below. We have brand new shelving and branding and parking lot and a new sign across the street. Well, I also have a 190-year-old family home that I'm the seventh generation in that I'm trying to rehab as we're doing it. So I have new windows, a new mm. roof, and new siding, and eventually a kitchen, but new bath. So I am investing. Yeah. Unfortunately, I don't see myself parting with any of these things, you know, so, so to get the money back, I got to sell, sell them. unfortunately. Yeah. And, uh, um, so I have, I have reinvested in myself more intensely over the last few years, which I think is probably a little bit of my anxiety about it yeah. because I haven't saved a lot over the last few years. Um, but I can look back and be like, we have a brand new gas pump and a brand new stove here and it's just made life so much easier and yeah. so much more efficient you remind yourself how worthwhile those investments are and hopefully next year you don't have to spend that money and the improvements that I'm talking about to me are 20, 30, 40 year improvements that I don't have to think about again now that they're done right. and have done that in my early 40s. Now I'm really starting to transition to what is this next phase going to look like for me because now we're, gonna, you know, we're going on 20 years of owning this place soon enough. I don't think I, if you told me I was going to own this for 20 years, I would have believed you. I don't, I don't, but at the same, now I'm so invested emotionally, it's hard to see myself parting from it. And if I, if I do leave, what's this look like? Yeah. You know, I, I, have, a, I have a great community of friends and business partners here that I've, I've become really close with. And I get to this point of the year and I question my own sanity sometimes. I'm getting ready to go on this trip for two weeks. It's off the grid. I mean, it's, it's no solar, it's all solar generator, no, nice. no electric line, no nothing because I have this yearning to just decompress and really get away from it all. I almost feel like I need it. I don't know if that's healthy <laughs> to, to drive yourself to that point. Yeah, right. Year after year after year, and I really question, can I do this for six more years? It doesn't sound like long, but man, when you're in the throes of it, yeah. it's, it's a lot. And it's, it's mentally exhausting, wearing. Um, so I'm glad to be where I'm at right now. I'm glad to have you guys here. Um, you wanna take a break for a minute? Yeah, yeah I we're going to take a bathroom break. I always <laughs> wanted to say that. All right, we're back from our bathroom break. Again, that, that's, that's the level we're at now, that yeah. we, can, oh, yeah. we can take breaks. Uh, I forget exactly where we were at, but let's, uh, let's just go off on this tangent. You've, Matt talked about it. You've agreed to it that your place is an experience in general. It's, it's you. It's your name. It's the brand. Uh, have you ever thought of trying to bring that name or brand to other lakes? I mean, the Finger Lakes are, there's several lakes in the area. So why can't there be other only places? I think having the waterfront element is such an important part of what we do. You know, our, our, our new logo on our part of our new marketing is by land, by lake, by beer. And I, I think um, the aesthetic being waterside, um, of course, with that, 
property values are, are through the roof. The idea that we have we have fewer businesses on this lake than we have had, and we're very fortunate here on Cuca to have the businesses we do: waterfront, Swiss, you know, uh, lakeside, lakeside. Yeah. You, you know, you can park you can park your boat in Penn Inn and Hammondsport, and there's a real waterfront kind of feel that I love being a part of. So to just be like, oh, let's go buy another waterfront piece and make a sandwich shop. Um, I don't know if that necessarily right. works. And I've been asked um, that when a place goes up for sale, there's a place uh, maybe in Canisius called Shoreless Acres. You know, people have said, oh, I wish that we had an only place. And it's flattering. But at the same time, so much of this model has been predicated on my presence. So I have a lot of apprehensions when it comes to trying to replicate myself in my own absence and, and creating that same feel and having, you know, not micromanaging in any sense, but making sure that we're constantly checking the vibe to make sure that when I walk in here every morning, the music is at a certain volume on a certain station, the lighting, the way it smells, the way it looks. I am my own harshest critic and I have some top, some, some trouble kind of relinquishing some of those responsibilities day to day. Um, interesting that you ask, uh, something I've kept totally off the radar, just I hate losing, so if, uh, <laughs> if, I, if I make this play and I don't get it, I have to be okay with it, and I am. Um, there is a particular piece for the last 15 years that I have said, if I was ever gonna make a true sequel, or even franchise, if you will, of this place, uh, the, the, the marina in, in Watkins Glen is one of those places, and it's currently up, uh, the county has given up, put out an RFP, a request for proposal, there's lots of qualified businesses, I'm sure, that will make a play to it. Um, probably by the time this airs, a decision will already have been made. I hope, God forbid, we're just going to have to edit this out for now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, but for your, for your viewers to kind of yeah. play along here, they can, they can probably follow up with this. Uh, we, we will submit a, an offer uh, to the county on Wednesday uh, for a bid to for at least a three-year lease to try to occupy that space at the, the, the Village Marina in, uh, in Watkins Glen. Currently the home of Horset Brewing. Uh, we've talked to Brian Lilly, just a, a great business person yeah. who's had a lot of influence in the region. I, I don't know him personally. If he tries to make a bid, he will likely get it, and deservedly so, he's already there. Um, we just feel we have an opportunity to kind of expand our energy into Watkins Glen. I think that location works because it is on the water. Um, yeah. And to do something a little different that's been done there, you know, in my travels, whether you're in Newport, Oregon, or Portland, Maine, um, communities that are on the water, there's always something going on from sun up to sundown. And as I go into Watkins Glen, I, I, I visit that marina space, nothing is happening until 11, 12 o'clock when those lunch and dinner businesses start to roll. So to provide a refined version of this where maybe you have all of the, the best of the best, you know, we're not dealing in the, the paper plates and charcoal end of it, but the best snacks, the best dips, spreads, cheeses, to have some prepared sandwiches, to have some, a, a bar. And we're, we're a grocery store now because by New York law to be a restaurant and qualify to even sell like wine and spirits, prepared food has to be 51% of your revenue. We will, we will never have that when we have gas or we have all the yeah. other things we offer. Where there would be, we'd go for a, a tavern wine license so we'd be able to have mimosas and things and do some things that we, we don't currently do. 
um, but to offer a really um, refined model that would highlight the very best of what we do here, offer some merch, you know, it's next to a hotel, um, there's, they claim there's a million people that roll through that park in the course of the year. They've just expanded the, the NASCAR schedule out to September. So I think that's an opportunity to extend the season that much further. Now that the race will be that much more um, important to, to the series um, to get a, a big event like that in the middle of September in what is already a really busy town. The difference of that model to here is and I, I'm not even making this up, it's gotta be, it's at least 92%, maybe 95% of all of my traffic. You know, you're talking on the 4th of July, we're doing 500 transactions a day. 98% of them probably came either by boat or by car. Right. We have no walk-through traffic. We're in a, in a 20 mile stretch. You know, we get some joggers, we get some bikers, things like that, but for the most part, we don't have that kind of captive audience. You've got the big hotel right next door, you've got the park, you've got all that, you've got this marina with how many hundreds of slips. And I think it provides us an opportunity to have a, a different kind of audience than what we have here and still expand kind of to an economy of scale where you can carry over the brand. You know, we can, my kitchen is certified as such where we can be making prepared foods here. So if we're making 25 pounds of potato salad or chicken salad or whatever it is, well, let's make 40 or 50, you know, let's, and we can have some shared services probably between both locations. Um, I hope that I, I, I get to have that opportunity. I don't know if financially it's the best one I can make. I don't know if energy-wise it's the best one I can make. But having been here 16 years, um, it's not that I don't feel challenged because this, this provides plenty of challenges every day, but to have a little disruption in my life for at least a short period of time seems enticing. So if I get it, I get it. And if I don't, I go on another Continue trip on. or you know, <laughs> go hunt deer or fish or you know go in my woods and trim trails or whatever it is. So I, I'm gonna be happy with either decision, but I hate losing, sure. you know? So I, I definitely, I hope we get that opportunity to, to bring this product somewhere else and expand. For, no one in life should like losing, right? No. But people accept it more. Yeah, losing. I'm a much better loser than I used to. You're not accepting. You don't accept losing very well. Yeah. You know, yeah. losing's not the problem, in my opinion, because I've lost plenty. It's not trying. Yeah, that, and that's probably okay. you know, fair it's enough. It's not trying. Yeah. I don't yeah. care whether we're talking about this yeah. or, or sports or, or whatever. It's like the not trying is is really where the downfall is for for so many people. It's it's this this idea that well, I'm happy where I'm at, and, and I don't think people are mostly. People can be happy where they're at, don't get me wrong, but there's so much growth. I was just talking to our, our, our camera person a little while ago about about her experience on, on just, it's about continuing on, it's about, it's, it's about growth, it's about right. finding, it's not money, it's not, you know, for, for it's, it's growth. And and that can come in a lot of different. Nothing stays the same. Yeah. It does not. And if you're not getting better, you're getting worse. You're right? getting worse. And yeah. You're constantly fighting depreciation, both of body, mind, exactly. as well yes. as the physical That's... spaces around yes. you. Yes. Now I think of adulthood as one giant, lifelong journey through the constant discovery of. De deferred maintenance. You know, that's you know, funny. So. You use that word depreciation. For, it's always a monetary term, right? Yeah. But it's a life term. Yeah. Yeah. Like we're older than we started this conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Well, as a as a as a business owner in that community, 
myself, I think having that in the community would be such a benefit. And, and I'm saying that as a business owner and as a consumer, right? I think it would add a lot to it. And, and I, hope, I hope for the community it, it happens. But uh, more than anything, I, I just, it's the effort. It's, it's the taking a chance. It's, it's the doing. It's, it's all those it's things. It's something I've never done. So to go through and to talk to my marketing team and putting together a presentation and kind of crunching some numbers and using some data and my own forecasting, you know, I try to take as much emotion out of these types of situations as I can. Uh, as a realtor, you know, you're always telling potential buyers not to get emotionally attached to things. So <laughs> I have those kind of core values built in. So and and I, it's not that I intentionally run low expectations, but I learned it at Marriott early on. You know, under promise, over deliver, and I live by those words. And and I hate to disappoint myself. So I am prepared to uh, to not win this. Um, but I'm also prepared to, to do to expand and, and challenge myself in a different venue. There's a there's a paradox I forget. It's from the book Good to Great. You know, it's, this is called the Stockdale paradox. And I'm not familiar. I have none. I'm actually I've heard of the name, yeah. but I don't remember. Yeah, you yeah and I don't I don't want to get the I don't want to get the quote wrong because it's it's just something that. Who, who, let me see. I've not heard that one. I'm all ears. You must never confuse faith that you will prevail in the end with the discipline to confront the most brutal facts of your current reality. So it's really Stockdale, Stockdale paradox. It's some, it's really like being as true to yourself about your situation as possible at all times. Truth. Whether Very you're, yeah. whether you're battling an illness or yeah. financially or, or the opposite, you know, your experience keeping in check, really what you're capable of and, and taking an on, honest inventory both of your own assets but w within your own mental uh, capacity as well one of the big one of the biggest things impacts i had on my life from a from a financial standpoint from a business standpoint was i did this years ago I still do it today when i was trying to change my financial life and, and what i was because I, I felt like i was burying my head in the sand First thing I do every morning is look at my bank account. And it was that. It was the truth, right? Mm -hmm. like, I'm not hiding there it from is. the realities. Yeah. Just because you don't open the mailbox doesn't mean the bills aren't coming. <laughs> exactly. And this was not a good financial time in my life. And I, and by just doing that, mm -hmm. I've said this to your yeah. class before, yeah. it, it changed my life. Mm -hmm. Just doing that. Because then it changed how I looked at things. Mm -hmm. and, and it was, there it was, right, right out in the open, you know, and, and it's a great lesson and whether it's it's that or your health or, or, or your relationships or whatever happens to be um, but it is pillar one truth yeah. I, what, what I love about all the guests in all hundred episodes and you're being true to it today the reason I cling to Matt is he's true to it I find with with high school kids they're so busy going down that highway of life where they want to go where they want to go they forget to take the exit sometimes because you never, you never know what you might find. Might be a completely different journey. I think that's Seth's story today. Mm -hmm. you, when you were eighteen, if you could predict, you'd be here today. You couldn't have guessed it in a million Certainly years. Certainly not here. Yeah, absolutely. Right. You know, I thought I'd probably. I always wanted to be a part of the Finger Lakes. I, I, I whether I was going to be originally went to SUNY Albany. I, it was a political science degree. Most of my friends were in a three plus three program, and they went on to become attorneys or whatever. 
I thought I was going to be a lobbyist. Mm. You know, lobby. Back to what you said earlier. Yeah, 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 something yeah. like that. So, um, and whether that, you know, Chamber of Commerce president, you know, yeah. always wanting, I was always a really big fan and advocate for the Finger Lakes way early on, always. Um, you know, going into wine shops and asking where the Finger Lakes section was or whatever, you know. Um, I was just a huge homer for this region. And I, I had friends that would come from New York and now come back regularly that admit that they would have never come here had I not been such a huge advocate for the region. And now to do that professionally and to be, um, you know, I tell people in, the, in a region like this where it's really a landscape, right? Like, you're never going to be the sun. You can only hope to be a very bright star in a very cool constellation. So to live here, you have to be willing to, to really enjoy it to its fullest. To go to Naples and go to Watkins Glen and go to Trumansburg and go to Hammondsport and go to Geneva and really get out there and experience these other places and realizing that we're all kind of in this together and it's not a zero-sum game. You know, the, right. the, the bigger this pie gets, the bigger your right. slice is going to get. That's You're right. never going to have the whole pie. Yep. And just because another business opens up, it doesn't mean that it's, you can't look at it as competition. You have to look at it as an opportunity and another reason that people are coming to the region. We have Crooked Lake Distilling down the street, Keg and Barrel, Vice, Le Sur. None of these places existed when I was open. But I think for a lot of them, it showed them that it could be done. And now we have this incredible landscape of eateries and, and breweries and now you, have, you throw in artwork and transportation and you look at what Penny Ann's done over the last few years, it's like, it's awesome. And it's more, the more options we've had, the better my business has, has come. You know, we just had our, by a narrow margin, our best year in 16 years. Mm. It's pretty tough to do. You yeah. know, you kind of, you try to find ways to innovate and increase revenue and all that and stay as profitable as possible. Um, but yeah, I, I, I love where we are. I love what we do. And uh, I'll continue to be an advocate for the region the rest of my life, just as I did probably when I was 18. That, to get right. to your point, that is good. That is what I knew. My passion was really was, was, to, was to be the, the champion of this region. I love your perspective because there's a lot of people we all know that think, oh, we live in a terrible area, it snows, the weather's not good. But if you sit back for a minute, people from all over the world mm -hmm. literally come vacation here. Mm -hmm. And we have like a half a dozen vacation spots we could drive to in 30 minutes, yep. right? And I think you get that, you, we all travel a lot. And my wife and I go places and we'll find ourselves saying, oh, this reminds me of this place in the Finger Lakes or this place. We have it right in our backyard. Mm -hmm. I'm glad you've always seen that because so many don't. Yeah, no, to, to, you know, to work and have a career based on where people vacation. You know, there's people are generally in a better mood. You know, <laughs> yeah, because when they're here, they're they're on break from wherever the reality is, and what again, whether they're the landscaper passing through or the Verizon guy or whatever it is, or some industry leader who's just here to to unwind. This place is is the equalizer. They're all. I'm going to heckle all of you, We've seen growth here that's just unbelievable. I mean, being lifers here, you know, what we've seen from when uh, I was a kid to where we are. Just, it's, yeah. I went to Outlet 111 last night. Shout out to Natalie. Um, it's amazing. If you've not been, it's the Garrett Winery building right on the bridge that feels like it's been under construction mm -hmm. my entire childhood. But you, you, 111 and Blue Heron Bakery and Parker's and... Um, you know, Laurentide yeah. Yeah. and 18th place. Amendment and yeah. Amity Coffee. Yeah. And I mean, we yeah. have more options than we've ever dreamed of here. And being here in the winter, 
doesn't seem nearly as, as brutal as it used to. Yeah. And well, I, it's not. Yeah. It's just not. I mean, and what I always call from your place down to basically Lasur, mm-hmm. right in that, mm-hmm. that area, it's what? Oh, how many miles? Six miles? Tops. Tops, five, six miles. That I call corridor of Cuca Lake. I call it, it's, it's in my world, the corridor of the Finger Lakes mm-hmm. because there's you and there's all this whole stretch of business there. And what, to your point, the add ons, it's only giving it more value, more mm-hmm. value, mm-hmm. more reason to come. And then I own the property down there, I own land down there that we're building on and try to make something out of as well. Not in your world, but in, but in a rental, you know, kind of more vacation world. But what has happened here over the years is, is I, 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 I don't know, I can't compare it to anything. I've no, I've no comparison to it. But it's not a zero sum game. And that's, that's when you said that, I'm like, that's what people need to recognize. Not just here, but anywhere. Like, I even in my subway world, I don't, I don't begrudge any of my competitors. I wish them the best. I hope they do well. Mm-hmm. Provide good value. Provide a good product and service. And you can win. And but you're not. I don't feel like you're taking from me. I, I don't. I don't see that most of the time. I don't see this competitive environment in many cases. I see opportunities to win together. And I've I've seen it more as an owner than as a as someone who could, you know, let's say uh, a theoretical thing. A theoretical seems competitive. In practice, I see cooperation and collaboration. Mm-hmm. And that's what I see is happening more and more here. And you're, you've always been that way. You've always been the advocate of the region, not just come here, come here. Keg and Barrel, you mentioned. When that opened, you know, that could have been a threat to you, I would imagine. People, you know, people you, still, you, oh, I'll be in there. You know, I'm, I'm probably their best customer. Exactly, exactly. Uh, people, oh, you're at the competition. I'm like, the competition? Like, because they sell draft beer? Right. I, I ran a business for 10 years that never had anything. What, what's their worm price at 7 in the morning? You know, what's their <laughs> breakfast sandwich like? What's their, their the gas. simple fact we're open five hours before them, they're not competition. Right. Let alone once they do, they're selling gin and tonics. Right. And, and yes, they have draft beer, but... We diversify. That's not what I. That's not just what I do. Yeah. I didn't do it for many years. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I welcome it. Yeah. Well, exactly. Again, it's one of my. You know, the lessons I try to look at in our conversations, like, you know, people should see it this way, and they don't all. In fact, it's very common they do not. That's why I like to point it out because then there's successful people living it in in, in the in the other way. And I just think it's, it's important to, to, to recognize these things. We're not always competing with each other. I think that's why, you know, I say in Paul's class all the time, here's why I hate school. And, and, and I don't mean it, right. but I'm trying to get a rise out of them a little bit to pay attention. If we collaborate in school, it's cheating, right? We can't do that. We can't talk about that. And I get why, you know. Um, but in, out here, people go there. There's another reason to come to the area, and now they're going to come get breakfast or a beer the next week at your place, or, or whatever it might be, and and that is real world stuff that actually happens. You know, zero sum game is that mentality is so childlike. Because uh, I think of my world as an educator and a coach. All right, we don't win the championship, but 
if you build relations with your opponents and it might lead to like-minded people that strike business deals or use your platform to make the world better. Like if you watch an NFL game, the fans are all crying afterwards mm-hmm. and mad. And what are the players doing? Mm-hmm. Shaking hands, yeah. hugging, taking pics, using the limelight to build their platform. There's yeah. nothing zero sum about it. I feel like point. zero sum is just when people don't have anything to build off it. And I just think it's so childish. greedy. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's interesting. You're right. The players there, they are hugging, and they're like, "Oh, we're building, we're building." I mean, they get better contracts yeah. again because there's more interest, yeah. and they're all winning together. And don't get yeah. me wrong, Michael Jordan's built a better brand sure. of his multiple championships. So I'm not saying losing's okay, but you can still win. You, you know, the, the process isn't just about winning games, even though that helps. Yeah. You can still build a great life and, and help others and have have a great society. It, the zero-sum thing, I, I just don't, I don't like that. Seth, to back way up, when I said it earlier, I meant it. I, I really always thought you would get into politics. Mm, and I was going to ask. And you haven't thus far. Is that... Whether you know lobbying or, or I mean, your 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 per, your personality is a natural in my opinion. But now your business experience changes that even more. As far as I'm concerned, do you ever think about it? Do, is that anything you would ever consider? I had a friend make a only for Congress sign one time <laughs> as a birthday joke gift, and I stuck it in the window. And this is probably 2010, and you know people thought it was actually running or whatever. I am a political science major. I went to SUNY Albany. Um, I, I worked for Charlie Nesbitt, a guy who was the deputy speaker at the time. I was a legislative aide for in George Winter's office when he was speaker pro tem, both in the Republican Assembly, which is a huge minority um, in New York State. And um, I, I guess as this business has grown, I, I have become more and more comfortable when I left the Capitol in Albany upon leaving college, part of me just, you know, I don't want to wear a suit. You know, there's little things, you know, I don't want to be, I don't want to be at a ribbon cutting for some public building on a sunny day in June when I could just be here. Now, if, if the nature of politics was such where I think there's so much centralized power in the federal government that we have lost kind of what, this isn't the farmer and the doctor and the, right. you know, yeah. coming together to make some legislation that's better for all. And I feel less and less now like you can make a difference because there is so much concentration. Yeah. I think that's part of the problem. I think that it's become too much of a career for people and you're groomed to, to be in these positions. Um, I, I used to joke, and it, maybe it's still true, the only reason I don't run for Congress is because I win. Which, yeah. is, which is I'm glad I didn't know. take a drink <laughs> and I don't know if that's the case you know because you have to be so I'm much more independent yeah. and, and find a lot of you know and I'm not going to go out and you know I'm financially fiscal and socially or you know fiscally conservative and socially right. liberal whatever yeah that's I, I feel just like a person now yeah. and I, I don't know if I have that gumption mm. and drive to be what you know most of these people just seem like professional fundraisers anymore, yeah. which I hate yeah the last thing I do is have to ask for money 
Mm-hmm. And that's more or less what you sign up to do as I've become more and more of the reality. And, and I, you know, I've, I've known most of the local politicians, a lot of them sure. make their way in here. Tom O'Mara, our state senator, or um, you know, Bob Duffy, who's, you know, former lieutenant governor. Um, you know, I've got to see these people and I see how they operate and they, they do great work. Bob Duffy's in particular, what he's done at the chamber in Rochester um, is nothing shy of remarkable and, and where the whole region has gone. I think it points out that, that you can make a difference, the difference for a lot of people and not have to be an elected official to do mm. it. And I think the longer that I'm here, the more I realize that. Okay. I've joked even on air in previous interviews, things that I think would be fun to be like a one term governor. You know, I'd love to be the yeah. governor. Right. Right. Like that. Yeah. I want to, now I want to just scale. People say, why don't you, are you going to run for the school board? I'm like, school board? Oh, kids. Why don't you trust me? You know, like, why don't you run for town board? I'm like, my dad's on the town board. I'm, like, I'm doing two Aldi's on the town board. That's the last thing anybody wants. You know, so I don't really have the interest of yeah. running for something to try to form a career as a politician, yeah. which you almost have to do. I guess if uh, my success got to be as such where you're almost thrust into the opportunity, I would take it, but it's not anything that I actively seek out mm. anymore. Okay. Okay. Well, that, that's what makes it so appealing. Yeah, I mean, it, do it, it does. does. Yeah, and because we don't want you to be a career the, guy. But the people yeah. that should be running for office are so turned off by right. the, by the tone and, and the, the the overall um, just culture that, that DC has turned into. That you, you, they're all they most of them seem to be in it for the celebrity or for the power, not any actual difference that you want to believe is is why they do what they do. I don't believe any of them. They're more alike than different. Well, everybody. Uh, two wings of the same bird. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's yeah. We're all uh, on the same page there. And we don't usually get the politics nah. on this stuff, but mostly because it's depressing. And, <laughs> yeah, and, it really and, is. And, but, you know, I do, you know, I've wondered, and, and you know, we yeah. haven't gotten into it too deep on a personal level, but I thought I would, I thought I would bring it up because it is certainly, well, at the same time, we all hate it, but at the same time, it's never been more topical, as far as I can tell, politics, because of the, oh, frustrations and, and some of those things. But I think, it, to your point, it's hard to make a difference. Unless you're, you know. I'll keep making sandwiches. Yeah, yeah. You're make, making a difference for yeah, them. Yeah. yeah. Make it, <laughs> you I mean, really you are, Make though. a difference in your community, right? And, and, and try to have a positive impact there as well. But um, it's definitely something that, you know, and I, I know I remember the sign. I mean, I've seen the sign a million times, and, and, and I knew it was a kind of a joke, but there was a reason it was printed at the same time as well. Yeah. Right? Oh yeah. 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 We always like to end with a question of advice. So, I, as an educator, I feel students don't realize how much control over their lives they have. Like they get into the rat race or the hamster wheel or they're told they should be this because they're good at this by their parents. If, if, if you were 18 or if you were talking to kids that were 18, well, which you've had. But the, the question is, what advice would you give them? Like, should you follow your dream? Should you find a skill? Should you make some money? I don't have kids which being the seventh generation, there, there may or may not have been pressure to do that. I never felt it from, from my parents or anybody, but a lot of people ask, you know, when are you gonna do it? You know, because it just seems like what you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. 
and I've never done that. So I think my initial piece <laughs> of advice was never do what you feel like you're supposed to do because everybody else is doing it. Like that doesn't, I, I don't know why we fall into those norms and, and social mores where you feel guilty if you don't do this mm-hmm. or that you're supposed to do this because somebody else expects it of you. And if you're not comfortable in your own skin and you don't really love what you're doing all the time, you're never going to be happy. You know, you never try to please somebody else and sacrifice your own peace of mind because of it, I think is, is something that I have never done. Yeah. Uh, to younger people, life is short. I was always an early riser and waking up in the morning, my, you know, my teenage friends, they're sleeping until 10, 11 o'clock in the morning. I've been up with the mom and dad and they're having breakfast and adult conversations. And I always took a lot of that to heart when you know, they were telling you, you know, I can't believe how fast it's, I, out of the gate when I was 18, I knew life was really short and I, yeah. I believed it. And I've just never tried to forget that. So that's another, another one or side piece to that, that. You think that's impacted your life in a lot of ways? That you believe life is short? Yeah. 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 That's funny, me too. Because I had, you know, I had, I had to have open heart surgery when I was younger. I was 23, I think, at the time. And it, it, was, it wasn't a big deal in the sense that I was going to die. Although, when you're having that, you certainly think those right. thoughts. But what it did for me is I went, oh, life's short. Life's short. And I believed it. And I get asked all the time about a variety of things. And so often it comes back to... Well, you know why? It's because I was convinced life is short and therefore I had to act. I had to treat it differently because of this experience. And you're the first person I, I think I've ever heard talk about it like that because it's been so impactful on my life. So that's, that's, that's interesting you say that because one of the reasons I respond and, and take action, we talk about action all the time. Action, action. You know, we can think and discuss and, 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 and draw plans and all this. Who acts? Who is taking action? That's who I want on my team. That's who's going to succeed in life. One of the reasons I've been so active is because I know life's short. So it's just, again, I interrupted. But I, I just think that's a, a, a great point to make is life is short. And when you know that and you feel it, you're more likely to take action. Yeah, my moment was right shortly after we were married. My wife had cancer. Mm-hmm. I didn't think she'd make it. You find out real quick every day. Like people say those cliches, every day is a gift. Don't have a bad day, have a bad moment. But if you have that perspective or you know that early on, it makes life a lot more fun too, doesn't it? Yeah. And you know who doesn't take action? Critics usually. Sure. And uh, yeah, this was great. It was great. It was great. So episode 150, do we book it right now here? Let's do some math. Oh, that'd be a year, a year away. Right? Almost, yeah, yeah. Almost, sure. almost, yeah. You want your repeats? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, we want. Yeah. We'll have yeah. you sooner. Yeah. Maybe yeah. we'll Thank zoom you. with you the old-fashioned way, like no. we used to do it. We got to be here on site. <laughs> I expect the next time you'll have your own studio. Yeah, there's a small production just... team. You know what? No it's doubt, in my mind, it'll happen. Yeah, 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 yeah we, we, we've right. got our production team. <laughs> yeah, yeah. AV team. But no, this was great. This yeah. was special. This was different. You were the ideal guest uh, in what we talk yes. about. Um, your hospitality, you know, yeah, thank wonderful. You. And, and your place is just, I mean, near and dear to me for, for selfish reasons. But 
it's a model of what you can do in your life and that's always what I'm trying to get at with people. I don't care who you are, it's like create your own world, create your own reality. And to your point earlier, what's the truth of my situation, right? And if you do that, yeah. you can impact things in a way that, you know, from a guy who buried his head in the sand for a while, that you can't do if, 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 you, don't, if you don't look at that. So, um, thank you. Yeah, thank you. I'm honored to be here when, I, when you reach out and yeah. ask me to be the 100th guest. I mean, oh my gosh, you know, it's mm -hmm. kind of my first podcast. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now you're just see how it turns out. Now you're a professional. Uh, quick side note, when we took our break, it wasn't just to go to the bathroom. We did a lot of footage, and Seth has a lot of stories about everything in his place that would be very interesting to everybody. So we'll get that out there, too. But Yeah. It was awesome. Thank you so much. Tell you about the apple fritter couch sometime. Yeah, yeah and <laughs> next time he comes on, the apple fritter couch story is what we're leading with. Oh, subscribers only. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's right. That's, All right, until next time. See ya. See ya.